0: So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking to one of the books out of the Old Testament, one of my favorite books, the prophet Isaiah. It's not coincidental that Isaiah was right where peace was at. And then Isaiah, we're going to be at the same chapter, Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to look at verses 6 and 7 in a minute. But boy, they set that one up good. The Lord is good. Because I can always get up here and sing and shout with every ounce of my being that it is well with my soul. And my prayer is that it is well with your soul. That You would be good that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, without a shadow of a doubt. If something were to happen, and when you draw your last breath, you are right with the Lord God Almighty. Maybe you've walked in and you're on the fence about that. My prayer is that by the time this is over, you will know for sure, 100%. Guaranteed that your soul is well, that you are truly in right standing with the Lord. So, as I said, I want to look at Isaiah chapter 9, would ask, out of reverence for the Lord Jesus Christ and His holy word, if we could stand for the reading of God's word this morning. Starting in verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom. To establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning... Lord, I just ask that your word would go forth. Holy Spirit of God, how I ask, and I know it's a, it's a request that you will never deny. Holy Spirit of God, I ask that you would just glorify Jesus Christ this morning. Hide this pastor behind the cross. May your word go forth. Nothing of me and all of you, sweet King Jesus, and all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. So the centerpiece of the gospel is the cross. That's the centerpiece. But the masterpiece of the gospels is the resurrection. See, the centerpiece and the masterpiece, when accepted, lead to endless peace. This endless peace of the gospels, which in return is a relationship with Jesus Christ, with God. You want true peace, it is all about relationship. Having a true relationship with your heavenly Father. But to us today, in year 2022, right where you're sitting, in Louisville, Kentucky, a 40216, it almost seems as if peace is nothing but of a fairy tale. We feel as if we have no peace nowhere around us. We continually hear of wars. You have the pandemic. And I'm not just talking about COVID-19's pandemic. I'm talking about you got a drug pandemic. You got a suicide pandemic. You got uh, wrongful relationship pandemics. We got pandemics going all around. You've got hurricanes, tornadoes. And I could go on and on and on. Just flip on WDRB or WLKY. We see the biggest pandemic, the killings. Babies killing babies, grown men killing babies, all the murders. That too, friends, is a pandemic. So when we hear this word, peace, sometimes we say, how could there even be peace? Do you see the hell that is going on around me? Do you see all the torment and all that? Listen, friends, true peace comes from God, not from what the world says. It just don't. So how can there be peace? Peace. It seems that the longer our lives last, the more chaotic our lives become. We're chasing the Joneses. Michael over here has got a a $500,000 home. Well, Donnie over here, he's done real good at having a $70,000 home. And what he's trying to do is keep up with him over here. That's not peace. That's not peace. That's external values, not internal values. So true peace... Comes from God. Have you ever thought that the rise in conflict, both at, at home and, a, and abroad, is due to the actual absence of God? Every time I look around, that's what I think about. I'm like, man, we have taken God out of schools. We've taken him out of uh, bus rides. We've taken him even out of the homes. You've got parents that'll sit there and tell their babies when they come to them and say, Mommy, Daddy, would you tell me something about this Jesus character? And we got a whole lot of atheists and agnostics that will say, Shut up with that fake religion and Christianity. That's not right. We're taking God out of the homes. Man, America was founded on Christianity. But yet, we're so far away from it now. Had the opportunity to go out with a brother earlier in the week and doing just how Jesus would do. Jesus would go meet the people right where they was at. He didn't care what it looked like. He met them right where it was at. You know why we was able to do that? Because of the peace of God that is indwelled on the inside. Most people would say, no, I ain't going to pray over that person. I ain't going to do that. I'm not going to walk in Walmart. Listen, I love to witness in Walmart. I mean, I just do. Alicia will take off running from me every store we go to because she knows I'm going to slip up to somebody. I'm going to act like I'm shopping, and I'm going to whisper over to them, can I pray for you? And I'm not going to deny. For the most part, I've been cussed out a time or two, but I'm a big boy. I can handle it. But I do that because of the peace of God that is indwelled on the inside. And I want other brothers and sisters to know and understand that peace. You know, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And and that word, shalom, it is a word that is still used today as a greeting. The way they do it, and it means peace. It's a blessing. Upon them. It is a blessing that the desires and wellness and wholeness. Of the person that it is spoken to. So it's saying. If you walk up and you greet somebody. Which in America. You'd be. What you just say? Did you just cuss me? You say shalom. Shalom what? But really they're saying peace. I'm giving you blessings of peace. Peace. We need to get back to that. Because Jesus. Is the Prince of Peace. Isaiah spoke it before he even came to the earth. So, the first thing I want to look at is peace with God. See, there was a declaration of war that took place. I love going all the way back to the Old Testament and tying it together. See, it was in the Garden of Eden that the first shots were ever heard of this war. It was Adam and Eve had been created to walk with God, but yet they decided that that wasn't enough room for adventure and investigation. So they had to go do things their way. See, what Adam and Eve thought was that God was just some grumpy old heavenly father just sitting around that didn't want them to have any fun. And that's not at all what God said. So I'll give you all this, just don't eat of that. But yet what Adam and Eve did not realize was when they disobeyed God for the first time, they were causing an all-out war on planet Earth. It was the first shots ever. There would be no more peace in the time to come until the coming of the Messiah. There was the separation. The spiritual war had begun in that moment. As soon as they bit into the apple, the forbidden fruit, whichever one it was, whether it's a fruit, peach tree, whatever, it was a piece of fruit. And what happened when they did that, when they bit in, separation took place. They were the first of humankind. Lucifer done been kicked out of heaven. He done been thrown out. But man wasn't happy with what God had given him. Given him everything. Even gave him a lady on the side. How much better could it be than that? For us married men, we know how that is. Sometimes there are thorn in our side, and even for the women, same way. We're a thorn in y'all's side all the time. I already know. I hear it all the time. But seriously, God gave man everything he could want, and we threw it away. See, before Adam and Eve... Sin, they were at peace with God. They had it made. They were whole and complete because they were designed initially to know God. Yet after the disobedience, they were hollow and hopeless because something was missing. It was that union with the Father. It was missing. Romans 8, 6, and 7 tells us why they were. Hollow and helpless. If you look on the monitors, it says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. It cannot. It goes all the way to let us know when when we as believers start trying to judge unbelievers as if they're believers. How can we do that to them? They're they're hostile to God. They don't even know. But yet we want to put them way up here. Even new converts. Paul said in Timothy that are are about the spiritual milk that they need to be nourished and, and brought up. Listen, when you first become a believer, you did not know everything about Christ that you know today. Your walk was not where it is today. It's just like a newborn baby. They crawl first. Then they walk. Some of them's a little hard-headed. Instead of just crawling, they want to get up, take off running instead of walking. Me, I was probably a hard-headed baby. Because I wanted to run everywhere. Do everything. But we need to nourish these relationships. When there's a newborn believer... Show them the peace of God that is on the inside of you instead of some righteous holiness that you're looking like a scribe and a Pharisee, actually. But instead of wearing a big black robe and jewels, you might have on an echo jacket or or maybe some Levi breeches. But you think you are holier than thou when really you're looking like a religious scribe and Pharisee and you're turning people off on Christ instead of to Christ. We have to get back to the basics. You ever wonder why you can't do such and such no matter how hard you try? You ever feel like you're just hitting that brick wall? Well, if you've not subjected yourself to the finished work of Jesus Christ, or if you are not saved or not surrendered, you will not be able to do what is God's will. God's will is for you to have peace all the time not just sometimes, not just on Sundays, but every day of the week, 24-7. Not the emotional peace, a spiritual peace that comes deep from within. He wants us to have that everlasting peace. But many of us in this day and age, we look for a temporal peace. We we, we get it mixed up. Warren Wearsby Define condemnation in this way. And I love Wearsby. It says, God declares us sinners. Which is the declaration of war. We were condemned already as sinners. When Adam and Eve were declared by God as sinners, the first shot on the war killed them both spiritually. They was done. (laughs) Over. It's a wrap. There was no getting around that. There was no saying... Sorry, God, my fault. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you say that. No, there was no way around it. They were spiritually dead in that moment. But God, man, he's so good. See, their minds were set on the flesh. They could not do what God commanded them to do. They wanted more, and more, more, and more, more. They wanted more indulgence. They wouldn't at peace with having everything in the garden. They wanted to become like little gods. They wanted to, in trade, and turn in to become little lowercase G-O-Ds. That's why I always, in a text, I capitalize the G, because he's not a little lowercase G God. He's a big, big God, and he deserves respect. Even as I'm talking about him and I say he, I capitalize the H. He is worthy. He is worthy of it all. But the good news comes from the centerpiece painting of God's masterpiece. This, my friends, is when the cross is central. And we allow Jesus' blood to cover our sins. And what happens when we do that is an endless Peace. It's endless. You say, well, how do you say it's endless peace because it's eternal peace? See, we live here some 83, 84, if we're lucky. That's a high-end number. But for the most part, 50, 60, 70 years old, and then time will expire. But for the believer who has true peace with God, who has been reconciled, then the days just keep going because, friends, for the Christian, you will never, ever, 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 ever die because of your eternal security, which is in Christ Jesus, which is you being covered under the blood of Jesus because you was bought with a high price from a man named Jesus because he is the Prince of Peace. And he did all that for us when we didn't deserve it. None of us deserved it. So we've heard of the Declaration of War, but what is the Declaration of Peace? Again, Warren Wiersbe says this, justification. It's one of them big theological words. Get your real tongue twisted when you start saying it real fast, but justification means God declares us righteous only through Jesus, not by your good works or your own merits, which us being declared righteous is a declaration of peace because when you're covered under the blood of Jesus, you are now therefore righteous, and because of your righteousness through Jesus Christ, you now are at peace with God, no longer separated. That's good news. And again, this justification. We don't deserve it. We truly don't. We know from Adam and Eve in the garden, we deserve what we deserve. We deserve a criminal's death. You say, no, maybe you speak for yourself. I'm a good person. I did this that week, and I did this the other day. But I'm outside Jesus, but I'm still a good person. No. You might be good here, but where it really counts, you're not good there. Because only through the finished work of the cross can you truly have peace with God. True peace, long-lasting peace, everlasting peace. But yet God declares us righteous by the shed blood of Jesus. So when God sees you, even in your sinfulness, even when we mess up, listen, I'm not talking about you're going to be some holy roller like you're not going to sin. Listen, if you got no sin in here, go and raise your hand. I didn't think so. Just didn't. I was going to catch one of y'all, slip your hands up. I was going to say, the Bible says you're a liar. The truth's not in you. It's going to quote scripture on you. Listen, we're all sinners. But yet in God's eyes, he sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. When we stand before God Almighty and we're at peace with God through Jesus, guess what our advocate stands up for us? says, no matter how wretched they were, I bought them with a high price. I paid the price on Calvary. I laid down my life so that they could have life. So that they would no longer be separated from us. So that they could be in heavenly places where we created them to be at from the very beginning of time. Because friends, from the beginning, we was meant to be with God. Not without Him, but with Him. So many times, though, we forget that. Jesus don't want you... Forget that ever. He actually spun it around in the scriptures in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. It says, For our sake, whose sake? Our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That who might? We might. This is for us, friends. This is good news. See, in the word for peace in Greek, means to join together. This is what that peace means. He wants us joined back together, not separated. It's a picture of two opposing forces that have been separated, but that now have been reconciled only through Jesus. That's what our peace in Jesus is all about, being reconciled. We who were at enmity with God have been brought together by the blood of Jesus. Some people say, man, this dude, that's all he's talking about is Jesus. I'm going to do it till the day I die and a couple days afterwards. And you might say, whoa, that's a curveball. For those of y'all that's been in Vision of Hope, you know I already preached my funeral and I'm sharing the gospel one last time before they put me in the dirt. It's going to freak people out. But it's because I got peace with God. And I want everyone else to have that same peace. You know, he is our Peace. That's why when Jesus was brought into the world as our Savior, the angels shouted, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. They were shouting. And when we stand and worship, <laughs> some of us like, it is well with my soul. Where me, I love my brother, said, Pastor, we're going to sit behind you today because we want to hear you. I said, oh, boy, y'all in for a show." Because, man, I, I've got that peace and joy deep within me that it just kind of erupts up and out. I'm looking at Dan, and I'm looking at Angela. I'm trying to flame the, the, the Spirit of God. And, and, man, I just get into it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God just erupts. Many of us need to get back to that first love. Don't care about what people think about your singing. I learned a trick from them. If you don't know the words, just say watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. And it looks like you're singing along. They <laughs> taught me that. I said, Praise God. I my lip singing, watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. <laughs> but I do that because I have true joy and peace deep within my soul. So the peace of God means that we do not allow the chaos on the outside world to have control. That's what it is. And peace of God is a powerful rule of Christ. Look with me at Romans 10, 9, and 10 real quick. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus, not Mohammed, not Joseph Smith, not Little Miss Holly Pocket... But yet that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. It don't say pick up a shovel and do some works. It says believe and confess. Repent. Turn. Don't try to earn. Turn. And you will be saved. Not you might be. You will be. See, for him to fight our battles and carry our burdens, he must first be our Lord. He's not going to listen. If he's not your Lord, he's not going to fight your battles for you. Now, the enemy can make you feel like you done did something real clever and that you got something. But outside of Jesus Christ, he's not fighting your battles. I don't care what you say. You can say, well, you don't know what happened. And I'm going to say, are you saved? And I'm just going to say, well, that's just good luck. Because unless you're saved, Jesus is not fighting the battles. He's not. Because you're still at separation. You're still at odds. And then it leads to permanent trust in Christ. Oh, Isaiah 26, and verse 3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When all else fails, because we trust in him, then you must have a practical prayer life. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, "Ooh, this is a good lifelong verse, y'all. Hang on to it. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Not in yourself. In Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious. It's a lot easier said than done. Going through situation right now, you notice I call it a situation because it's not a situation It's just a good old southern situation that i'm going through that. Yeah, i'm a little anxious But I know god's got this And there's sometimes we're gonna have things going on in our lives that we just have to pull our hands back and say Lord you are lord of all And you're in control of this Even though I want to fix the outcome and I want to know what's going on or what's going to happen, I have to fall back and say, Lord Jesus, please help me. Walk with me. Talk with me. Help me out here because I'm struggling and I'm getting a little anxious. But your word tells me, cast all my cares upon you. But Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, how I need you right now because I'm struggling because I want to pull it back. Yes, pastors go through that too. You are not alone. You're not And please, don't ever get it twisted and think that because he's up here sharing and and, and he's the one that God has handed this to, that he's some perfect and holier than thou. No, you got that wrong. Still a sinner. Go through the same struggles you go through. Same problems. Dads, moms, we go through the same things. If you got children, you understand. If you're young enough and you don't got children yet, you one day will understand. Real life happens to, guess what, real people. Real people make real mistakes. But God is good. You know, Philippians 4, 9, and I'm going to try to zip in. But Philippians 4, 9 says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. Practice these things. Practice makes perfect. I used to hate when I'd hear that in football. Coach would say, son, practice makes perfect. But even in the scriptures. I'm I'm older now and I'm like, man, it even says that in the scriptures. So practice these things. What you've learned. What you've heard. When you was in VBS coming up, take them principles and run with it. Learn from it. Younger ones, I know you look at us and you say, man, y'all some old heads. Y'all don't understand what's going on. It's a different time and day now. No, we've been through it too. Only thing that's changed is the numbers on the year. That's it. The rest is the same. Time repeats itself. And then there's purposeful practice of God's word. And this is where some of us, even the believers, struggle that. Look with me at Psalms 119 and verse 165. That's a long, long book right there, a long chapter is Psalms 119. And it says, great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. This is the real question, and I wish I would have underlined that under there. Those who love your law. Many of us will say, The law's for the Old Testament, and we're in the New Testament, and that no longer pertains to us no more. Yeah, still does. All of his word's profitable. It's all for gain. But yet we say we love God. So if you don't want to live by the law, but yet you'll be the first one to throw your hands up and say, do not murder. Don't do this. Don't do that. Well, I thought you didn't love the law because that's the Old Testament, and now we're under the New Testament. But yet Jesus come because they could not keep up with that. There was no way we was going to keep up with the over 600 laws. We just weren't going to be able to. But yet Jesus said, no, they keep up with me. They're good. They're good. The last time I checked, this thing was holy. Last time I checked, and I'm looking at it right now, it says Bible. Bible. B-I-B-L-E, holiest truth, Bible, your basic instructions before leaving earth. God gave you a blueprint right here. Many of us, us men, we really struggle with this part because we don't even read instructions when we put something together. So now we're trying to build our life back together, and we don't want to open up the word of God, and we expect we're going to be able to fix it. I don't know if you've ever been around my house, but I got all kinds of nuts and bolts laying around, and I just tell these, I'm like, well, it's held up together. I think it's good. That's how we do with our spiritual walk, though. We will say, you can say, well, that verse right there, King Nebuchadnezzar, to all the peoples and nations, well, he's talking to them in the Old Testament, not to me. We walk away from it. That's not what God wants you to do. This is your love letter, friends. From Genesis all the way through maps. It's all truth. It's all for us. It's all profitable. And then this peace will help us the problems in the world. And where do problems come from? Conflict. Problems come from conflict. And the conflict isn't what gets us. That's not the part that gets us. What gets us is how we approach that conflict. That's the part that gets us. John 16 and verse 32 and 33, and I'm wrapping up here. It says, Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come. When you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Folks, in that part right there, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is staring death in the face. He knows what's coming, but yet he still has peace. He's telling his disciples they will be scattered, but he still has peace. He gives us this love letter so we can still have peace. So do you approach the conflict in your every day of life with the powerful promise of peace with God? Do you approach it that way? Do you face conflict with the peace of God? Or do you face it in the flesh? Do we walk in the things with the peace of God? And do you have that type of peace in you? That's the real question. You say, well, preacher, how, how can I know that I have peace with God and the peace of God? Simple. It's real Simple. God's word says that Jesus Christ gives peace without end. God's peace is permanent. His peace is not based on your circumstances, not your difficulties or disappointments or your discouragements. As our worship team comes up, just think about that. Do you really have peace with God? Are you you at war? Are you at odds? Are you struggling? Are you wrestling with this? It is simply based on trusting and depending on God to supply your every need. God says, I will supply all your needs, not your wants, but yet your needs. So do you this morning have the endless God's peace do you or are you struggling at times do you feel as if man there's some days that I have this internal peace but yet other days externally I don't have peace so I'm letting it override my feelings that really counts about what's on on the internal not the external do you have that kind of peace it's true peace, peace that only God can give, not man. I wish there was a peace pill. I know some doctors will say there is, but I'm talking about internal peace. Not something that's going to make you feel good for a couple of hours and then you come back and all hell's breaking loose again. I'm talking about that type of peace that when your child's going through something or your family. I'm talking about that kind of peace. The kind of peace that when we was driving home last night, my wife looked over and I said, you know, because we know someone who's just recently lost their loved one and, and I said, Elisa, could you... Tell me how you feel about that because, you know, how, how was you with the holiday season rolling around? How, how are you about your dad? And you know when she looked at me and said, I'm at peace. My daddy was struggling. I got to have my dad come live with us for a few moments, for a few months. And I'm truly at peace because there is no more suffering. There is no more struggling. Yeah, my brothers are out getting high doing what they're doing. And he's done buried some of his, bro- some of his sons. And my dad is at peace and I'm at peace with that myself. And man, I'm just trying to drive on placa, And I'm like, honey, I want to be like you. I want to be that mama bear. I want to be her. When everything's tumped upside down, she's the one I run to because the peace that she can pour over me. When I'm struggling about things that's going on, she says, honey, you got the peace of God. This too shall pass. Let the peace of God override. Friends, I'm saying that to you this morning to say this. Let the peace of God inside you override the weight of the world that's on the outside. It's not going to be easy, but God will get you through every storm, every trial, and every tribulation. Every one of them. There is nothing new under the sun, but God will help you through it. That's true peace. Let's pray.